This is Engage Governance, the podcast series from the Chartered Governance Institute, UK and Ireland. In this podcast, I'm talking to Sharon Constanson, CEO of Genius Boards, about unaddressed issues in the boardroom. Sharon, could you introduce yourself and give us an overview of the themes we're covering today? Good day, Rachel. Thank you very much. I'm Sharon Constanson. I'm Chief Executive of Genius Boards and Genius Methods, where we focus on board evaluation and board development and director and chair development. Today, we're going to be talking about unaddressed issues. I like to align our conversations when I'm talking to boards, often to an animal, because it helps them understand the animal behavior and therefore correlate it back to what what is happening within the environment without being directly confrontational. So today we talk about the elephant. The elephant is there. It's always present. It's just how big, how small. Is it hidden under the table? Is it looming in the room? Is it outside the door? Is it wrapped up and vaguely hidden or is it very blatant and obvious to everybody? So what are the things that this board in question is not owning up to addressing, discussing, taking ownership of and dealing with in whatever way. So we talk about the elephant in the room. Okay, thank you very much. Um, so as the company secretary, how do you get that unspeakable topic on the table? There's a very, very interesting question because it is very difficult to achieve. What we're looking to uh, do as an external party when we're working with the board is give them the opportunity to address the unknown question, but it being put in front of them in a non-confrontational way by an external. So the evaluator is the one who talks about the unspeakable issue rather than one of the team being the one to raise the unspeakable issue and have the darts aimed at them. It's always very difficult to put your head over the parapet. So sometimes it's really valuable for somebody external post their independent assessment of the circumstances to raise the potential issues that are preventing this board from being as effective as possible. And in that process, if there is a big elephant, it will be addressed. But if there are a number of small elephants, they will equally be addressed. But they're addressed from the point of view, it's not one person's perception. It is the evaluator's assessment of the Mm. combined issues. And that, I think, is your best... um, way of addressing uh, the elephant in the room. There is a role for the company secretary. And if they have a strong relationship with the chair, another way is to start warning, talking, influencing with the chair around the difficult issues that are not being addressed, making very clear that by not addressing them, what the risks are to the business. It's no point talking about the issue if you can't say why it's important that you need to address the issue. So you do need that in-depth activity to come from the company secretary. Mm-hmm. And in terms of thinking about where the problems might be coming from, if they're coming from any particular position within the board, um, how would the company secretary, I suppose, looking at themselves to begin with, assess themselves in the role and, and see how they might improve if that's what they feel is required? It's very difficult to decide who needs to do what differently to improve a board's effectiveness. And everybody in the board should be able to self-evaluate. 
So a good place to start with that self-evaluation is with the company secretary, for them to have a look at, do they have the best intentions for the company? Are they making sure they're not being biased and not being influenced? So it's important for the company secretary to do that exercise first and to work through conversation with the chair for that exercise to be occurring on behalf of the chair, for the chair, by the chair of themselves. And, and looking at their environment with a um, non-rosy tinted glasses, but with some reality. And that is something the company secretary can do over a period of conversations with the chair. <clears throat> it's not something that you can sort of put up the mirror and say, that's what you look like because you're going to mm. get too much pushback. It's not going to give you any outcome. So in terms of ensuring that everybody is aligned to the best outcome of the company is stage one. And stage two is to start the conversations. How would a company secretary deal with um, perhaps um, a shortfall of knowledge and skills in the board? Um, should they discuss it with the chair? Can they take practical steps? If you are lacking uh, content, knowledge, capability, and it could be anything from the ability to have valuable conversations, it could be that we don't have enough of the right technical knowledge for the industry. We also might not have enough governance knowledge, for example. We might not have enough common sense on the board mm. uh, amongst the people. might not have good risk antennae amongst the board. And this is where we have the importance of the role of the nominations committee and the critical role that the COSEC um, as company secretary actually has in ensuring that the nominations committee is not the poor cousin committee, but is really a leading committee of the board to make sure that the board is correctly complemented. So the only way you're going to be effective is to have the right number and the right uh, capabilities and the right ability to have conversations and challenge so that good decisions are made as a collective. So it's really important to start with the nominations committee. And if we are short uh, in the company secretary's opinion on any of the things I've just made reference to, it's to bring those to the agenda of the nominations committee and to start a succession plan that will take people off the board faster bring people on the board faster. Sometimes it's really valuable to bubble the board by two or three directors for a period of a year or so to bring the required competencies on very quickly and then uh, to um, roll off the existing directors when there's been a decent handover period. A lot of boards are very scared of doing that, but it really does mean that you kickstart change much quicker than just waiting, waiting, waiting another two years yeah. before anything can be improved. And talking of improving, um, how could a company secretary deal with um, a warring board, a board that's really not functioning well, and perhaps there's cliques or there are... Um, differences of opinion that aren't being resolved. How can a company secretary deal with that? So looking at the um, elephant in the room being mm. the inability for the board to address key matters and to be mindful of what they are looking like and behaving like, um, it is important for the um, company secretary to help the board directors to see what it is they look like. But there, the company secretary needs to use their 
resilience, trustworthiness, and empathy and influence with both parties, with the chair as a third party, assuming that the chair is not one of the warring parties. And to actually get them to understand that business is about a conversation. It's about your perspective. It's equally about somebody else's perspective. With the company secretary's ability to be able to talk to both warring factions, get them to recognize where their points of view are valuable to the business and where their points of view might be detrimental to the business, where they are not listening to another perspective and the importance of understanding another perspective, Um, helping them to respect that by listening and learning and coming to a middle compromise is not about losing. It's not about giving in. It's about doing what's right by the business. And the fact that you are knowledgeable doesn't mean you're right. So it's finding what is right as a collective discussion. And this requires very strong leadership in the debates when they are becoming a little heated. And it just sometimes takes them to see what they look like in the eyes of somebody else who can share that without it becoming in itself confrontational. It can be very hard to to understand how other people see you. And thinking about, you know, the most negative of behaviours, um, how can a company secretary deal with any bullying that might be happening in the board or if, or if um they actually feel that they're being bullied themselves by the board to do something that they're not comfortable with. How can that be addressed? Being bullied is a very disempowering activity, whoever's on the receiving end of it. For a company secretary to stand up in their own shoes in an environment they're being bullied by a chair particularly or by a CEO number two or a senior independent director or others is a very, 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 very difficult position to get out from under. Mm. Sometimes will require some external coaching and support to the individual receiving the bully. The other aspect is to bring in an external board evaluator, senior independent director, somebody independent of the activity who has the influencing power, ability to have the conversation, who can read the room and actually give an independent view on what is happening and make it obvious to those in the room, that is that kind of behavior of the way an enraged bull is going to behave isn't really conducive to working as a team or being successful as a leader of the business. So helping them to understand what their behavior correlates to. If you took another correlation, for example, if the conductor of an orchestra leapt off the podium and grabbed the violin or cello or anything out of mm. somebody's hand, and tried to say this is how it's done in the middle of an orchestra uh, delivery, I don't think the audience or anybody in the orchestra would really appreciate what had just happened. No. Which is really what is actually happening. So likening it to other things where you wouldn't expect that behavior to occur helps them mirror their own activities in a way that they can maybe understand them better. So case studies, other examples, rather than front-on-front confrontation. Yes, that's really interesting. And uh, that's um, (laughs) quite a vivid scene of um, an orchestra not working. Um, And so uh, how can a company secretary be seen as um, somebody who enables decision making, um, enables the effectiveness of the board rather than blocking them? 
So if you've got the elephant in the room, there's a difficult conversation, there's topics that the board doesn't want to talk about, um, the board's being ineffective in some way, <clears throat> the company secretary can be a, a real governance leader, leader of change, um, 21st century uh, leader in terms of helping the board to be resilient, to recognize the strong points they have, to recognize the bits that are unproductive, and to be agile in a learning board environment so that everybody, if every single board director does one small thing better than they did before, we're going to unlock a lot of the negativity, a lot of the ineffectiveness, a lot of the um, unspoken challenges that exist, and it becomes a safe environment. It's really, really critical, though, that we have a true leader in our chair. Otherwise, the moving forward by one or two people making the effort will never be correlated into a forward-moving uh, improvement unless you've got the chair that will lead the, um, the whole board to a better place. The company secretary can also share that journey that they're having with certain directors with the chair or mm -hmm. guide the chair through influence to empower that individual to recognize the changes that individuals are trying to make. So it's a bit like group coaching. I'm coaching the chair to recognize the effort and the change being made. I'm working with each individual director to help them be better themselves, but also coaching their colleagues, retrospectively in all cases, all around 360 degrees, mm -hmm. to watch out for the improvements others are making and where's their effort. So mm -hmm. it becomes a collective positive competition with the chair then being mindful of all the effort being made mm. and immediately the board will be in a better place and a safer place and I say immediately there will always be the exception where one person particularly if it's the chair just refuses to 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 change in any way but it does take a strong company secretary to make the chair feel safe not vulnerable, but mm. safe to change their mind, to recognize improvements and to um, praise and enhance those efforts that are being made. By doing that, be seen as somebody who is enabling all of these processes Absolutely. rather yeah. than blocking Absolutely. them. No, you're totally right. Others will see that as a positive, not as mm. a weakness. They'll yeah. see it as a real positive because then it will help them take their next step so now everyone's mm. taken two steps. Yeah. I just think what a better place eight people will be in if everyone takes two steps of improving themselves. Yes. And recognising um, and open to that of others, respectful mm -hmm. of it. Genius Board specialises in board evaluations from a behavioural perspective, addressing directly boardroom dynamics, therefore boardroom effectiveness. And thinking about things that need to be improved, if it were the governance aspect of how the board functions that um, that needs improvement, how can a company secretary tackle a weak governance framework or, or weak governance practices? Weak governance practices will undermine a board hugely. I think bad behaviour undermines a board more mm -hmm. than bad governance. 
and bad governance in some ways is easier to address. <clears throat> One, it's evidence. You could do a gap analysis against a relevant code and you could say this is what we're not doing right. You can have a look at um, the policies that should be in place and evidence those that are not. So it's quite an easy process to identify and it's not a difficult process to fix. It might be difficult to get the energy of buy-in from others mm. over the exercise. And this requires the uh, empowered company secretary to influence the conversations, particularly with the chair, who actually is the person ultimately responsible for governance. It's on their job list, it's on their remit, and they have to do it. And therefore, how the company secretary can make their job more successful, make their tenure that of change. They will be recognized for the ones who improve the governance. Mm. So all the company secretary really needs is the buy-in from the chair, and the rest is actually quite easy. Um, the company secretary knows what needs to be done. It's just a case of getting that deluge of work and effort done. That is important. Yes. And do you think sometimes that might be challenging to get um, a chair who perhaps is interested in the big picture to, to focus on those more stru structural aspects of running a company and running the board? I think most uh, chairs have come through a, um, a life of executive leadership in various aspects of the business that are unlikely to have been the, the governance route. Mm. So it will be something that they will feel threatened by the word mm. um, and then all the detail and it's boring, it's dry, will definitely make them uncomfortable. So it's very important for the company secretary to help them understand that they will do the work, they will educate, they will be the ears and eyes for them. What you're asking is, do you as chair want a good governed, excellent governed board that will therefore be effective? So once the person has got to that point, we can then um, have the right kind of conversations with the chair around, I'm going to, and then lead as the company secretary on, these are the policies we need and map out what will happen over a two to three year period so that they don't feel overwhelmed by the unknown. And when they actually look at the steps, they say, oh, that's logical. That's lo well, actually, all put together, I actually get it. We have a major gap against the governance code. It's enough to frighten most chairs and yes. end up with a negative response. So how do you break it down into the policies, it's the behaviors, it's the committees, it's the terms mm -hmm. of reference. And I will look after all of them. Don't worry, I just need your buy-in. Yes, absolutely. And and you mentioned earlier about you thought that whilst governance was a threat to the effectiveness of the board, that behaviour was a bigger threat. But do you think that in some ways having good governance in place can help to improve behaviours um, by setting out what's expected of the board and how the business is run? I think running a good governed board does create a sound foundation. It doesn't change the personalities. Mm. It doesn't change personal agendas. It doesn't change uh, the way people might be biased. So it doesn't state that you will have an effective board. It gives you a foundation on which you have a better chance of having a better governed mm. and a better effectiveness in terms of the board. The other legs of the chair 
would be leadership. Mm. It would be the ability to have a safe environment to have a conversation. And it would be the capabilities of all the other directors and their ability to challenge. If you put all of those legs together, you will get the uh, outcome of um, effectiveness. Mm -hmm. Good governance alone will not um, do, but it's an absolute foundation because uh, without it, it's a lot more difficult. Yes. And and talking about the um, the more sort of nuts and bolts aspects of governance and running a board and a board meeting, how can a company secretary make sure that issues and agenda items are actually being dealt with? That's an interesting one. I've seen different company secretaries handle fobbing off of conversations or missing conversations or running out of time. Mm. So that's Mm. one of the tricks is that the company secretary is given a far more powerful role within the meeting so that... um, It's not just the chair that's trying to hold everyone to account and ask them to a challenge and then hold them to time. Mm. So allow that time and action management to be handled by the company secretary who are usually very capable of doing that. Um, Another aspect is the company secretary owning the closing of conversations if it's not done effectively by the chair. Mm-hmm. So stating is, um, in terms of the minutes, we conclude that this is what we've decided and make it absolutely clear that is what is going to be minuted. Mm. Not as a story, two sentences at max, mm-hmm. which then closes down the conversation. Another trick that a company secretary can do is that the seating position of the company secretary not necessarily next to the chair, which is what they currently do, so everyone can watch them trying to message each other, put them opposite each other. So a little bit of eye language between the two of them actually works far better than scribbling a note to one another or kicking each other under the table, (laughs) which is so obvious to everybody else. It actually works better to be in eye line sight of Mm -hmm. the other person and to have sign language, to state when things need to come to a close, uh, just a, um, a finger, an eye, all sorts of ways I've seen company secretaries pull up the chair in terms of conversation now needs to be closed we're running Mm. out of time or specifically saying you've missed out we haven't addressed these things need to be completed before we close the meeting so being quite specific as well Mm -hmm. and you mentioned um a habit of fobbing off um if you if the company secretary feels that's perhaps happening uh, when it comes to a really important risk that's putting the business at short-term or long-term risk um how can they make sure that that risk is successfully addressed? Is there anything they should be doing in addition to what you've just described? The true elephant in the room, mm. the one that is really the time bomb to the business if they mm. don't address it. Um, the company secretary has a number of routes. One is to talk directly to the chairstroke and or the CEO about their views and how they feel and why they think it's critical. Mm. Assuming one of those two is the gatekeeper to the effectiveness is talking to the senior independent director, having conversations informally with all the directors of the board. The purpose of that is to socialise whether their view is unrealistic relative to the view of others. Are they being sensible about their opinion in the first place? Second of all is to decide how many people feel similarly but would never have raised it and therefore is it something worth having a conversation about? And and then obviously bringing these all back together 
and feeding it back to the chair or CEO in question who is acting as the gatekeeper to the conversation. Another way of doing it is to have meetings at the end of the board meeting where different people are present, the whole board, no observers, Mm -hmm. then the non-executive directors and chairman, and then the non-executive directors without the chairman. So you have these three short 10-minute meetings. And the objective there is reducing number of people present is to be able to raise the thing you wouldn't dare have said in another environment. The only time you can say that is in that unminuted meetings where it's not fed back mm-hmm. word for word. And the point is a safe place for the NEDs to do their job, which is to be an independent voice. Mm-hmm. And if they collectively feel that somebody is such a gatekeeper to the business's success, that they can actually have a collective voice to do something about it. And the only way they're going to find that out is to have those three style levels of conversation. And a board that I worked with very recently, uh, one of the chairs of the committee was really, really angry. And I thought, goodness, what have I done? Mm-hmm. It wasn't me at all. It was angry at themselves as a board. Why did it take you to tell us what the elephant in this room was? Why did we not see it ourselves? And it took the collective conversations I had with everyone to identify the elephant. They could have done it themselves if they'd had the safe environment at the end of meetings to talk as a non-executive group alone without always having the executive Mm -hmm. present. And I think that is a critical, critical Mm. solution to the question you've just asked. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much for some really interesting thoughts there on on the biggest elephant in the room, perhaps, and a, and a great way to, to finish a conversation about um, dealing with those unaddressed issues in the boardroom, the elephants in the room. Um, thank you very much for your time today, Sharon. Thank you very much, Rachel. I appreciate it and enjoyed it. Engage Governance. Look out for more podcasts coming soon. We would like to thank our sponsors and experts for supporting the launch of the Engage Governance podcast series. To access more podcasts and other useful governance tools like our guidance notes, blogs and articles, please visit www.cgi.org.uk.